Hello, and welcome to a show of their own, Sports in Life, with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura, and we are here for episode 10. And this week, we're kind of going to do a current event. We don't necessarily have one topic, just a rundown of a few things that are going on in the sports world, because there actually are things going on (laughs) in the sports world. So first, we're kind of going to hit Morgan's passion and we're going to talk about what's going on with baseball because a lot is going on with baseball right now yeah so um it's I believe the 24th is the first I think that's the day if I remember right that's is it my brain I like sometime this week so um, yeah it's the 24th you're right I was like for some reason that sounds like a weird date but yeah it is kind of a weird (laughs) date but we're gonna go with it and um so it's starting up. It's going to be the first of the like big three, four sports to start. I mean, I guess MLS has started, but as far as like baseball, football, basketball, hockey are probably the four biggest sports. Yeah. And it feels, it feels really weird that MLB is the first to start of at least between them and NHL and NBA because they were the only one of the three that hadn't been playing when everything happened. So it feels weird that they would be the first to start back and not like, I guess I just figured like the first sport that stopped playing would be the first to come back. So my mind, I was like NBA, NHL, then MLB. And it's like the opposite. Here's the other thing that I think is weird why they're the first back. NHL especially, but the NBA too. They didn't really have their labor dispute was not really an element. If anything with the NHL, it made the labor, the PA and the owners kind of come together and they have an agreement for like six years of labor peace, which they never (laughs) do. So it's like a huge, like it got them all on the same page and like going in the same direction. And so the fact that they're coming back after a (laughs) Like, for a while, we weren't thinking we were going to have baseball, and not because of anything coronavirus-related, but just because no one could agree on anything. Exactly. And then they ended up just agreeing on what they had talked about in, like, March. And it's like, really? It took you two months of arguing back and forth just to go back to the first proposal? And it also, I'm like, seeing all that, I'm like, great. That means when it ends next December the agreement I'm like we're, we're we're gonna have a lockout like they're like y'all just proved that it's gonna be a nightmare well and that's like I think the good thing about what the the suspension of the season and stuff did for the NHL was that we were having we we're kind of chugging along relatively since 2013 with labor peace where it was like we'd come to an agreement for an extension and then a couple years later they'd hem and haw over things and then they do again but then like the olympics and that was the whole thing and they were using it as like a a negotiating chip and all this kind of stuff and then this happened and because the nhl does have revenue sharing it means that both sides are so impacted by it that they were like okay we all want to make more money let's just find something that maybe isn't perfect that no one's going to love but that just gets us going so because like we need to focus these next few years on getting our revenues back and if we're trying to settle a labor dispute that's not that so let's just 
get something. And so I actually, if you haven't, you should definitely listen to the Steve Dangle podcast for a good explainer. They had Chris Johnston, who's a big hockey reporter, on what the agreement was. And so that kind of stuff I'm terrible at explaining, but yeah. it, I just think it's interesting that the MLB is so... Like, they couldn't agree on anything, but then they're going to be the first to come back. It just feels like it's ripe for problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is, is I saw um, an AP article a couple days ago. I just kind of, like, skimmed it. It wasn't that long. But the headline was essentially, like, how MLB is doing so well with testing and actually containing, quote-unquote, uh, COVID as far as like how many players and coaches they have they haven't really had that many relative um positive tests and like they were basically comparing it from MLB to the like basically what the country can learn from MLB and I was like okay so access to testing and fast results who knew that was actually <laughs> important like what did you expect it doesn't even fully have that because it's it's all very dependent and that's where it's like one thing and chris johnson made this point and i thought it was a really great point that obviously things are different because what might be the nhl saving grace is they chose to go all canada Mm -hmm. which wasn't their original preference but what they decided made the most sense whereas the nba is in florida but a lot of the other stuff when you look at the protocols and everything it's all very similar and that's because they like worked together with those two yeah. leagues and they had similar experts on like that they were paying on retainer to like come up with these plans and so it's a very similar kind of plan just once for NBA and once for hockey the MLB plan is like nothing like anyone else's plan yeah and like there are holes like so you're all dependent on locality first of all of like access to testing and who's doing the testing and how accurate it is and all of that kind of stuff whereas like the NBA just has to get like a few locations in Florida now like you can but it's it's all privately funded so they can research it and they just have a few locations and that and NHL just has Edmonton and Toronto whereas like the M- is the MLB really validating that every facility that's doing this is good? Well, the thing is, like, they were also, from what I read, using, like, private labs, facilities, whatever. But everyone's been having issues as far as, like, getting te- – like, I know there was one team – I want to say it was the Angels. I could be wrong. Like, the testing person just didn't show up one day, and, like, they had to figure out how to test themselves. And then some teams were like not using the MLB sites because they weren't getting them back quick enough or whatever. And then there were, there was talks about um, which test is actually good because a saliva test was saying different from like the nose swab test. So they were like, which one do we believe? Cause I think that came up with like Joey Gallo when mm-hmm. he tested positive and then he got a negative and then the next one was positive and they were like well also he like one was a saliva test one was a nose swab test so which one's really accurate and it's just like I thought they weren't going to get through a week of practice the fact that we're literally days away from them playing actual quote-unquote meaningful games is insane to me and the other thing that I'm curious about because Chris Johnson was saying that 
the protocol for the NHL, and this is just like the rule book. This isn't like all of the like procedures, but just the thing that they gave to like players and stuff of like, here's all of the stuff about all of the information for you and the rules and stuff to follow is like 150 pages. And it goes down to things like a lot of that is testing protocols mm -hmm. and like here are the facilities we're using and here are the contacts and here's what happens if this happens and if that happens. Most of that 150 pages is that. But some of it is like I was telling you like how to push the button on the elevator <laughs> to like limit the spread of coronavirus and random stuff like that. And it's like I'm just curious. I think it would be fascinating to see what are what is the MLBs? Because I was watching a game last night. I was I was so excited when I was like, "There's there's a game. I don't even care who it is. It's a game, and it's next. It's a summer camp game. But um, I'll, I'll watch it. I don't care. But they were all wearing different kinds of masks. Mm -hmm. So not just like I understand fabric versus, but then the a lot of the managers had the kind that's almost like an infinity scarf where they just like yeah. pull it up and all of that. And it's like I don't know. I have no knowledge of the efficacy differences between them and what's. But is there any standard of like, hey, if you have to wear a mask? here's what we like here's the thickness of the fabric and here are the approved kind of masks and here's the washing and all of that kind of is there any because that all seems like very common but I would doubt just from what I've seen of the MLB <laughs> that there might be yeah I haven't seen anything as far as like if they because I, I know in some of the games that I saw yesterday, a lot of them, like with the Infinity Scarf type thing, a lot of them had the team brand on them. So I'm assuming teams were given um, masks like that to hand out. But I've seen a bunch of different ones. I've seen people not wearing masks. I've seen all of them with like plain black, like cloth masks. I've seen some of them with like the surgical type masks. So I don't really think that they have like uh, like here's a reference for what type of masks you should be wearing while you're playing the game I think it's just like if you want to wear a mask wear a mask you find whatever mask you want to wear but like I know the managers and stuff are supposed to wear masks and so I'm sitting there like okay that's cool but like do you have a protocol because I get it, like in general society at your grocery store you tell people you have to wear a mask and some of the people are going to wear them incorrectly Right. Or like wear ineffective masks or whatever. And that's just like, but you're around those people for like a few minutes and the contact right. is very limited. But if we're a sports league that is very not essential, returning, like, shouldn't those rules be very clear? Yeah. And, and I feel part of me is like, maybe I just haven't read it anywhere. Like, I've just missed it, but like, I've not seen anyone talk about it. And, like, even before this, I was scrolling through all the sports beats I follow on Twitter, make sure I, like, had everything, and I was even seeing, um, like, one of the points I have in my notes is um, Robinson Trinos with the Rangers, he's a catcher, he said he's going to wear a mask under his catcher's mask because he's been one of, like, the most careful guys, he's like, I don't go anywhere, I go from home to the ballpark, and if I stop anywhere, it's just to get gas, I don't, like, he's like, and I'm the as far as catching goes, I'm the closest to most people. Mm -hmm. I got the ump behind me. I have batters. And if they say hello, I'm not going to be like, no, I can't talk to you because particles and stuff. So I'm going to wear a mask. And, but I, I haven't seen, like, I, I, the Rangers haven't really aired any of their games. They've been streaming them. So 
I'm seeing it from my small phone screen, so maybe I'm just missing it. But I want the uh, the home plate ump from what I saw wasn't wearing a mask at the in the uh, Mets Yankees games. The umps were wearing masks. Okay, see, the, and I, again, I'm kind of like, well, maybe his mask just was blending in because it's obviously not a but great picture. Also, but, they were in New York, and so I don't know if that yeah. was, that's like a rule, right? In New York, and yeah, so I don't like. Technically, masks were mandated in Texas, but, like, they put so many different, like, exclusions and exceptions. So, I mean, I think MLB has kind of left it up to if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask, but we're not going to force you to wear one. But to me, it was kind of surprising to see how many weren't in the field, at least, I guess. I understand outfield. There's no real point. You're, you're very socially distanced when you're in the outfield. But, like, infielders, I feel like, would want to wear them. And the thing, too, that I just always have a question, because with the bubble, and I know this is the case in the NHL, and I'm pretty confident it's the case in the NBA, they have all of these rules, and basically the rules are you can't leave. And there are severe, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines, draft picks lost for your team, if you break these rules. There are all of these different rules and things that you have to follow. I just, I would want someone from the MLB to be like, okay, what are the actual rules? What are the things people flat out can't do? And if it, if it, it, because it kind of sounds like we're at, okay, there's no fans in the stands. Mm Mm-hmm. And the schedule's clearly different and all that, but that's not a rule. What are rules? What is, like, how are we making sure the conduct is the best to prevent spread. And I just, I don't see it the way I do in other sports. Yeah, the only, and part of me wonders about, like, hotels, too, because, like, I don't, I mean, obviously they rent, I'm assuming they're going to get, like, a whole floor just for the team, so then they don't really have to interact with anyone else who'd be staying at the hotel, but I don't know. Um, And obviously MLB doesn't have hubs. And the only thing that I've seen is really, like, when they're practicing, like, you have the the guys who aren't MVP, they've been, like, in the stands. I saw, I think it might have been the Mets-Yankees game, how they extended the dugout, which is basically just, like, a tent-type thing over the seats behind them. But, like, and, again, maybe it was written in an article and I skimmed past the stuff that I was like, ah, oh, that doesn't pertain to me. But they ha- I feel like their rules haven't been completely outlined. Yeah. And, and maybe they did tell the players, and they're just like, well, fans don't need to know this, so. Well, and so this is the thing, like, and I don't know all of the rules of the NHL, but the NHL hubs and I, the NBA hubs are the same. They're enclosed. They're protected. So no one can yeah. get into the hotel. You can't book the hotel. Like, that the makes hotels sense, huh? are off limits. They, um any like Zamboni drivers, any, anybody involved in like game day operations, coaches, team players, all of that are in the bubble. That was the only way Canada would let them in. Yeah. And so all of those people are, are contained in that hub and they can't go out anywhere and no one can come in. And then even like workers and stuff, I know there's a testing protocol and other rules and, and stuff around workers. They're, I don't know if the workers are staying in the, but that even has been thought about. Yeah. And so it's like, they have all of these different things in place. And then the MLB, the ones who are actually <laughs> traveling, it's like, yeah, well, 
so because like they probably have their own floor in a hotel anytime when they're yeah. traveling because there's enough of them but it's like what are they doing yeah and i i'm definitely gonna look into it for next week's episode hopefully since next week is when there will actually be real games and traveling there'll be something published that has like the full rules outlined and then we can talk about it then but like I haven't really seen much of anything and I have way more questions now about all of it especially because I started thinking that again okay we're making it to actual games which Mm -hmm. is further than I thought we'd get in the season it'll be interesting to see what um happens once team starts interacting like two weeks from now what are the covid test numbers going to be um which i was actually thinking it would be two weeks from like thursday but i didn't know because the rangers don't play exhibition games until tuesday so tomorrow when this comes out um but like this weekend mets yankees were playing each other pittsburgh and cleveland played each other the cubs had a game today yeah dc and um Phillies played each other but like the Rangers are playing themselves still Mm -hmm. um so I think it'll be interesting like the numbers have been pretty low but they're just one team so once all these teams start interacting with each other I'm curious to see what happens then because um with like Cleveland I saw a clip from the game and um like their second baseman and shortstop were both wearing masks but at one point they did pull them down I'm like well Technically, it should be up the whole time, but, like, again, I'm sure that's irritating. On, yeah, it's and it's irritating on your face. Like, I obviously wear masks because it's safe, but, like, I don't wear them for that long because I don't go many places. So, I can understand after, like, a three-hour baseball game, you're a little irritated by it. And just, like, out of, like, not thinking about it, you're going to adjust it. You're going to, like, pull it down and, like, be like, oh, got to pull it back up. Like, I get it. Um, But, like, it, it'll be... I'm interested to see two weeks from now. Like, I give it two weeks, and then I'm, I I still can't see this season being fully played out. Not the way they have it set up. No. Because here's my thing. I was thinking about it, too. So, the like, we, I was he- hearing a lot of conversations. The biggest risk to the NHL is right now because the players mm-hmm. are in their home city for their team. They've all reported if they have. And then they're practicing and they are really trying and teams are doing a really good job of being like, if you need, we will, we have people who will grocery shop for you. Like most players are pretty much just going to the rink and going home. But like there's, there's some risks in that and there's family and all of that kind of stuff. So this is like the risky time for the NHL. And then they report, I believe this upcoming weekend maybe to their hub cities and then not this this current week but the week after that is when they do their exhibition games in the hub cities and at that point there will be testing and all that and that is the time when we're going to know is this really going to go or not Mm -hmm. and if you can get through that and there isn't a lot of cases there's no spread there's no anything like that then I, I, I would feel fairly confident we can make it through the playoffs because you're in the bubble now. It's locked down. The chances of it getting in are very well contained. So I, f- I would feel confident. So, so it's like once I, there's a dead date, a drop dead date of like, once this happens, once we're in the bubble and everyone's tested in the bubble, that's a, will give us a good idea. 
you know, if we can play this or not. At any time, the MLB can just be completely screwed because yeah. they're all traveling to all of these different places. And then if a team like in mass contracts it and then they give it to the team that they're playing and then that team and all of that then pretty soon your season's over and there's no control over that there's no like like I said the NHL and the NBA have like okay once we're in the bubble we can go for a little bit and we can test and then because we're so limiting people coming into the bubble that's pretty good like we can feel pretty the chances of us having to cancel after that point are low yeah, the chances of the MLB having to cancel is just like it's up to what's going on in the cities, what the players are doing. Yeah, and like obviously they limited schedules, and it's basically NL East and AL East are their own thing, and all the East, West, and Central. But it's also like okay, let's talk about the West because that's they would be playing in Washington, California, Arizona, Colorado, and Texas. Three of those are, like, high-risk spiking numbers. And, like, Texas, Houston, Colorado, Arizona, one team gets, like, let's say, like, four of those guys get it. They pass it on to another team. Eventually, you'd have to shut down NL and AL West. That's a third of MLB. Like, yeah, they didn't really contain it into a bubble like I think they thought they were. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, like, the the thing with the NHL, and the NHL fully realizes this, and the NBA, too, is if something horrible were to happen and it came into the bubble, their season's over. Because even though the NHL has yeah. two bubbles, you can't have one over the other. Right. But the thing is, the MLB doesn't have a bubble. They don't it's have It's like a bubble. if it comes in in any of the 50 million places it could possibly come in, then our season's over. And... The other thing that I didn't even think about until I saw someone tweet it the other day, they were like, um, so no one's talking about how the fact that New York has a um, quarantine period. So, like, technically any of those baseball teams coming into New York should be quarantined for two weeks and then play. But obviously that's not happening because then they'd be playing until, like, January next year just of, like, one series. And so – that makes it confusing and also stupid. And then, like, okay, so yesterday it was announced that Toronto can't play in Toronto because, again, Canada's doing better than the U.S. And why would you want nine other teams coming to Toronto that may yeah, and so or may not have it? I wanted to to get this out there because I have seen some ill-informed people being like, oh, hockey can play in Canada, but baseball can't, and, like, making arguments about that, and that is stupid and wrong because the bubble. They had to work out, and it was, like, ongoing conversations with the Canadian government and the Mm -hmm. Ontario provincial government and even the Toronto municipal government on all of what they were doing, and they got a special government override from the quarantine because they are self-quarantining. They consider yeah. it a quarantine that they're only staying in these contained places with very set personnel and that the greater Toronto area is not being exposed to these people. Yeah. And if, okay. if Toronto, if the Blue Jays had that, if, if they were doing like hub cities and they wanted Toronto to yeah. be a hub city, and it would make sense that the MLB could want Toronto to be a hub city because the whole like 
that's part of the reason Toronto and Edmonton got chosen. Yeah. The cities are in better shape. Toronto would be fine with that. The government and everything is like, hey, we're, we have these hotels. We have all of this. Here's our plan. We want Toronto to be a hub city. That is a whole different story than, hey, we want a whole bunch of baseball teams <laughs> to come in, not have any rules, yeah. but not have to follow your rules. No. Yeah. And originally, like Toronto, the Blue Jays got approval from the city and the province governments to play there. It was the federal government. I was like, uh, no. And I don't blame them whatsoever. So now apparently they're either going to play in Buffalo where their AAA team is, but obviously minor league's not playing, so the stadium's empty, or Florida where their spring training facility is. Either way is kind of sucks because New York would, I mean, New York's doing better now, but like technically they have the quarantine period, so I don't know how MLB is getting past that. And then Florida is just, it's Florida, so it's, I had a suggestion. I don't actually want this necessarily, but it could be a good idea because like no college world series and stuff. Yeah. The Ameritrade in Omaha is open and there is like, that's an MLB stadium basically. Yeah. Because it's like where they play the base NCAA baseball and then they have hotels right next to it and several so that you could have it kind of contained there a little bit. And on top of that, TD Ameritrade is home to the Creighton Blue Jays. So it's like, for purely stupid reasons. Yeah. And I was like, there are places you can go that aren't in Florida. Yeah. That have I, good facilities. It really sounds like they're going to go with Buffalo, which also, like, Buffalo Blue Jays, like, that would work. Like It works. It, it does kind of suck that no matter what, Blue Jays don't have any kind of home field, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really care about them that much, so... If and it was I the Rangers, I'd be outraged, but... With, like, I mean, I know they're piping in the crowd noise, but it's not like they're piping in, like, booing and people throwing right. things at you or something right. like that. Like, yeah, it's not quite the same as it was in previous years. Yeah, and it, I mean, I don't, it's like 60 games, and 30 of them will be at home. Who really cares if they're actually playing in Canada or not? Like, just be happy you got baseball happening. And it's not like you could go see Currently. them play As anyway. Of right now, you right. have baseball happening. Right. Um, and um, one one more thing uh, that I found interesting, Yasiel Puig. I was going to ask you about that. I was just going to ask you about this. Signed with the Braves, or was going to sign. There was rumors he was signing with the Braves. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was spotted in Atlanta. He tested positive for COVID, and then the next thing I saw, so he's not signing with the Braves. I was like, wait you can still have COVID inside with the Braves. Like, that's fine. Like, I didn't really understand, like, why one meant he couldn't do the other. Um, but, yeah, so that's all I know right now. Um, it's just interesting because he's, like, the big free agent and, like, still not signed and, like, literally we're days away from actual baseball. Um, I did – so I did want – one thing I thought about for baseball that – I, I compare everything to hockey because I know all these rules, like, yeah. smack my it's okay. Hand. I do the same thing with hockey. I compare it to baseball. Um, so one thing that was, like, a super important part of hockey's protocol is uh, privacy and confidentiality. And there's obviously different rules and can- laws in Canada and the U.S., but hockey itself is, like, 
our players, like their medical history, they have a right to privacy. So in the playoffs, typically, and just normally in hockey, how it works is if someone's out, they say out with an upper body injury or out with a lower body injury. But then they realize if you say upper body injury, lower body injury, or nothing, then it pretty much tells everyone that when you say nothing, it's COVID. Yeah. And so it's like, well, we can't say by not saying. So hockey has this rule that when you're talking about players' health or status to play, you just have to say they're unavailable to play for everything. And so even like my heart, Sydney Crosby yesterday had to leave our Indra Scott scrimmage early. And it seems like he might have tweaked something. He wasn't at practice today, but he left the game early. And they asked him after the game, clearly he didn't test positive for coronavirus <laughs> mid-game. Like, clearly right. didn't happen. But they still have to be like, yeah, he was unable to, to finish the game. And uh, I will be uh, tell you on his status to play later. But they can't tell you, like, anything about his health yeah. or anything because that is the rule. What is the MLB doing for that? So like, <laughs> that, that actually reminded me. So they will have, like, a COVID... IL injured list so but the thing I feel like I read this and I don't think I'm mixing it up with NHL but they weren't gonna like once the season starts they weren't gonna say if someone was on the IL because of COVID but my thing was I was like well you just have to see who's on IL for 14 days it's not that hard to figure out because it, it, if they had 15 day IL like they used to it would be fine but since they um, last season, I think it was last season, whatever, like last season or two seasons ago, they changed it to 10-day IL. So now that they have, it's 10, 30, and 60, I think. Now it's like, well, if they come back in 14 days, 15 days, it's kind of obvious why they were on IL. And this is the thing where it's different in hockey too. So in the playoffs, um, long-term injured reserve versus injured reserve doesn't matter because there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So, like, a little fun fact about hockey. And so they just say, can't play. They're out. Like, and they can be out as long as, like, they can be out the whole playoffs. They can be out mm -hmm. three games. It doesn't matter. In the, in the hockey, in the regular season, they have um, injured reserve where they still count against your cap and long-term injured reserve where that you get relief for that. Mm -hmm. The only rule of long-term injured reserve is they have to miss a minimum of 10 games. But they can miss 10 to the whole season. They can right. miss however long you want. And so there's no, like, set intervals. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it's, it, like, hockey, is it's a lot easier to yeah. – because, I mean, someone legitimately can do something like sprain an ankle or something that takes a couple weeks to rehab, and you yeah. have no way of knowing. And, I mean, those kind of injuries do happen in the playoffs. And so I also – I with that – MLB having COVID IL, I don't know what they're going to, because usually if someone's injured, they just announce what the injury is and how long they're going to be out or if it's precautionary, precautionary, whatever that word is. Precautionary. Yeah. Precautionary. See, I was adding an extra T. That was my issue. Um, or if they're day-to-day -day or concussion IL. So I don't know if they're still going to be doing that during the season. I know they're doing it right now. Um but I don't, I just remember reading that they weren't going to say if it was COVID related, but I don't know if that means if someone breaks a finger, if they're going to say, oh, 
he's just not playing like NHL is doing or if they're still gonna I don't know MLB has so many questions still and this is something that I was actually kind of bringing about too because it was actually again talked about on that that Chris Johnston he he had a lot of information it was really interesting and he was someone was asking well isn't it kind of bad they released the hotel names because like I know the hotel the Penguins are staying at in Toronto Hotel X, by the way, they released like they in their press release, they released all of the hotels and who's staying there and all of this stuff. And it's like, Chris said, oh, no, that was intentional. That was very intentional of they want to like have a lot of communication with their fans, with the government, with the people, even non-fans who are live in the cities, live in Edmonton or Toronto, so that they can see and they know everything that's going on and all of the protocols that are in place so they are confident in the NHL's ability to handle this and that they've really taken all of these things seriously. So the NHL is really, which not always this way, but very transparent about like all of the things I can speak to that they're doing. And it's like the MLB is doing the opposite, which you can't, yeah. like, you can't just be like, just trust us. It's good. Right. That's not how any of this works. So that gave me two questions. One, is the hotel actually called Hotel X? Like that's yeah. the actual name of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been seeing people like tweet about it and on Tumblr and I legit thought it was just like a like code a- name. <laughs> because yeah. every time I saw it, my mind goes to like Powerpuff Girls with Chemical X. And I'm like, so they just like code names but okay no it's called hotel x interesting and my and that gave me another question for mlb is because i realized i don't know if they said anything about like when you're home if you can go home like stay home for your home series or if you have to stay in a hotel i think they have to go they can go home if they want to instead Mm -hmm. of but to me, I, if, if I were a player and I just went to California for like a week to play games and came back, I think I would want to stay in a hotel just for like my family's safety because you don't know if someone on the Angels or Dodgers are asymptomatic. But yeah. I also understand that that would be difficult to be away from your family because eventually that 14 days would be the entire 60 games because of the travel. Yeah, and the thing too, so – because like this is something they made the point of like oh like Toronto has an advantage or Edmonton has an advantage because their players are at home it's like those players have to stay in the bubble and their families can't come and visit yeah it's like they're 10 minutes away instead of being hours away but they still got to FaceTime they still got to do all of that so that makes sense and MLB should do that yeah and so it's like there's all these different things where I feel like there's so many things we don't know with the MLB mm-hmm. that we do know with other sports. But then beyond that, there's so many things we do know about both and the MLB is not doing it better. Yeah. And yeah, so that's why I'm like, I give now that we basically made it out of practice. I give them two weeks from today before like really being comfortable with like the season actually going. Um, I do have to say, okay, I was looking at your notes and this is a Canada thing so many arenas and stuff have the same sponsor rogers center is uh toronto plays for baseball and then rogers place is where Mm -hmm. edmonton plays and where the west will be playing for baseball center versus place but then there's very different thing yeah and then i think there's a third stadium i think there might be yeah i I think another nhl team has rogers in it and 
Bell too. So like there's Bell yeah. MTS place and Bell, there's all of these different, and you're just like, Bell and Rogers are the big media companies in, <laughs> in Canada. So yeah. they own everything. They, they, they own the Leafs, I believe, and the Raptors. I don't think they oh. own the Blue Jays, but wow. um, Bell and Rogers are each owners of the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Are the Maple Leafs not Rogers? The Maple Leafs are... Because um, I thought there was like a Rogers Stadium Scotia also. Bank. The Ma- Maple Leafs are Scotiabank. Oh, Bank. yeah. That, there's, there's, there's like Maybe three names Van- and they sponsor Vancouver? everything. It's, it's, um, I got to look a, that one up. There's a third Rogers. I know there is because I was like, okay, I cannot keep up with all of these. Rogers Arena. There we go. So we've got Rogers Center, Rogers Place, Rogers Arena. And then like for Scotiabank, we've got Scotiabank Arena is Toronto. Scotiabank Saddle Dome is Calgary. And there might be, there's there's like only so many things that they. Also, I feel like Rogers Center, like that's where the Blue Jays play. But I feel like that should be like where Maple Leafs play. Like Center doesn't tell me baseball field. Like it should be Rogers Field or something. Yeah, so, yeah, and field, then you'd never have to worry about <laughs> <laughs> hockey. It's obviously not long. hockey. So, yeah, there's, there's our band on there. <laughs> but since we're talking about hockey, um, Maureen has had this question for a while, and I thought it would be <laughs> yeah. a good idea of to explain. I'm just going to explain the hockey playoffs yes. structure. Please because, do. So, I think the first thing that helps is understanding that typically – how it works is there are um, three winners from each division. So Metro, Atlantic, Pacific, and um, Central. And those go in no matter like the top three in each division. And then from the East, which is the Atlantic and Metro, and the West, which is Central and Pacific, there are two wild cards, which is just the two highest scores of the teams that didn't make it. And from that, how you get is the one seed from either, either of the Western conferences that has the most points plays the lowest wild card seed. And the one seed from the other conference plays the, the highest wild card one. And then two and three in each conference play each other. And then obviously the winners. And then the winner of Central plays the winner of the Pacific, the winner of Metro, plays the winner of Atlantic, and then the winners of that play in the Stanley Cup. So there's your normal structure. We're abandoning that. There is now East and West, which is simpler and how they used to do things. So I kind of like that. But they didn't want to, because they're doing on points percentage, they mm-hmm. didn't want to exclude people. That's the, that's the company line. There's, <laughs> there's a caveat to that, but that's the company line and it makes sense. So they had to expand it beyond 16. So of course that means playing games because we need 16 to have a true bracket. Um, they expanded it to 24 because a lot of people thought 22 made sense. 20 or 22 was the ones that I saw suggest a lot. But 23 and 24 happened to be the Chicago Blackhawks and the Montreal Canadiens, who are two of the most profitable sport, er, teams in the league. So, of course, they got in because more money. And I, I get that. It definitely screwed my team over. But, like, that's okay because money. money and it's, we definitely <laughs> need to make some of that up. But what they had to do then is so there's playing games to get to 24 or to get to 16. So obviously to get to 16, you need to eliminate eight. 
So that means you need 16 teams, eight playing eight to, to eliminate, and then there's eight teams that get a bye. So four from each conference get a bye, the top four. And I believe, I don't know if it, I think it's regardless of which conference they're in. I think it's just the top four, in, or regardless of which division, the top four in each conference. So top four in the East, top four in the West. And the other eight then play each other and they're seated based on points percentage. So for instance, the Penguins are the first team not getting a bye, the best team not getting a bye. So that's why they play the Canadians, who are the team that just barely got in, because they're the best of this. And beyond that, because the Penguins are the higher seed, they also have home ice advantage. Now, there's no crowd there. However, in hockey, it's a really big deal. Home ice advantage also means you get last change. And last change is like when there's a face-off, the other team has to put out their players first, and then you can put out your players. So if they put out their fourth line and your first line guys are ready to go, that's a huge advantage because you can get mismatches. Whereas like if the other team puts out their first line and you were thinking of putting out your fourth line, it's like, oh, nope, don't want to do that. Can put out something else. So there is some home ice advantage in that regard. But those teams all play each other and play into the different ones. But then how do we decide who they play? Well, once they're in, then they get seated according to those, those eight teams, four from each conference that won their play-in, get seated based on their points percentage, I believe. However, or they might not. It might just be like they have auto slots. I don't know exactly how that works. The other four, normally they would just have them seated based on points percentage, which would obviously in, um, I think it's St. Louis in the West would be the best one. And then in the East, it would be Boston. I know for sure it would be Boston because Boston has like had the president's trophy wrapped up for forever. But they didn't want to do that because then what would happen, and this is where you got to think about from the, the teams with the bye, it would actually make it a bit of a disadvantage to have a bye because the teams that played in will then have played anywhere from three to five games after having months off. They would have played those games, which were actual hockey games, not just scrimmages. But your playing or your bye teams, the teams that were better, wouldn't have played any actual games since March. And so they're going to be like cold. And that's like, you could see a, like a lot of upsets just because it took them a while mm -hmm. to get their footing. So what they're doing is this round robin. And so I have to look at. I'm so going to pull this. Robin are the buy teams? Are the buy teams, the four top teams in oh, each. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to pull up exactly who they are. Um, and of course, there's a Wikipedia article, right? <laughs> okay, so the the seeding is um, in the Eastern Conference right now. Boston had the best record, then Tampa Bay, then Washington, then Philly. In and you can tell that it was just the top four in the conference because when we look in the West, it's St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas. So if they did it by division, Dallas wouldn't have made it. Yeah. But because the the Pacific is not near as good as the Central. I think it makes sense that they did that. So then what's going to happen is, I'll take the West since you're a star <laughs> St. Louis will play Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. Colorado will play St. Louis, Vegas, and Dallas. Vegas will play St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas. And Dallas will play St. Louis, Colorado, and Vegas. So all of those 
there'll be six games, I believe, in total. Yes, six games. <laughs> I just had to make sure. One, two, three. Yeah, six games in total. And um, how that will work is then who has the best record. And I, I, think, it's, I think it's just normal, like, win-loss record. Mm-hmm. Um, that will seed them for the playoffs so if Dallas Dallas right now would be seated fourth for the Western Conference but if they go through and beat everyone which I mean is fully possible because who knows what the Drake has done for people and goalies and all of that stuff then Dallas could move up to the number one seed so you're you're playing mostly you're playing to get experience so that when you play the actual playoff one that you're not like totally cold but then if you think about it okay say because Edmonton is playing Chicago say Chicago upsets and then because you upset and got first then you get to play Chicago well that's a way better matchup than having to play like Nashville or Calgary or whoever so so there's something really like there's a real incentive to play and do well but then it's also some experience so that's why they did all of that it's super convoluted because then add on top of that so we have the four teams who buy in we have or eight teams mm-hmm. four from each conference who buy in right and then we have eight teams that win their play-in and then we have eight teams who lose their play-in and the eight teams that lose their play-in will all have an equal percentage shot at a lottery for the first overall pick in the NHL draft. So nobody is clear. Everything is confusing. Which I'm so glad it's confusing for you too, because every time I saw round robin, I was like, does this mean it's an elimination game? Is this a wild card playing game? I was like the concept of round robin, my brain just could not wrap around. And I kept, cause like the schedule's out and obviously pay attention to the stars. I'm like, okay, they're playing three games. And then like, I was trying to also understand like which game is on which day because the schedule they put out, like the graphic of it made better graphics. no sense. <laughs> made absolutely no sense. It was it, um, like, at first I was, reading, I was like, so there's going to be eight games all at two o'clock on this day and what the heck is happening but now I'm like okay I I get it now you get it it, that's the thing I think that they didn't explain it well you have to understand the goals of what they're trying to do yeah and then the setup makes more sense but if you don't understand what they're trying to accomplish when they explain it to you like what are you doing yeah but then also I did want to point out that the schedule is very interesting because they are I believe have three games up to three games a day per conference and it's at 12 4 and 8 I think I think at the times but that doesn't matter because the thing is it's 12 4 and 8 local time and so Toronto is east coast time and um Edmonton is mountain time and so there's that two hour difference and so you just get these two hour staggers all throughout the day starting at for us 11 a.m central time but starting at 12 p.m central time and then it just staggers throughout actually no that's wrong (laughs) <laughs> no it's right starting at 12 but so then it's like if if we're for us in the central because Morgan and I are both in the central we would have games at 11 1 3 5 7 9 yeah I think and the stars like, were playing at perfect. like yeah and I think the stars at least their first game was at like five I think which mm-hmm. fine with me but also like again with that schedule when they put out like okay I have all this hockey but baseball's also gonna be on so like what am I gonna do <laughs> It, there's so much, but I, I like the way they do it because it's 
usually during the playoffs, you have to pick which game you're watching. Yeah. And this, you're definitely, you might have to pick towards the end and the beginning of one. So, like, if it's a team I really cared about or if the game is really over, I'm at bail at the end of the game. Yeah. But for the most part, you can watch all the way through and get to see all the different games, which I'm excited about. Okay, one thing I just thought of, which I'm looking it up now, is, like, because Rangers usually play at, like, 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And they play Stars and Ranger games on the same one. Never mind, that was dumb. I was like, they play them on the same network. Did they even think this through? Because I doubt they did. But then I realized there's two Fox Sports Southwest. And so. the other thing, so there will be, obviously, local coverage. That hasn't been made clear of, like, how they're doing the commentary and stuff. Because, like, does it make sense to have everyone? Or are they going to be calling it from, like, a remote location? That hasn't necessarily all been made clear to me. So... I don't know, but, like, I did see yesterday that the Yankees radio broadcast were doing the broadcast from Yankee Stadium, which they weren't playing. They were playing at the Mets Stadium, so they were, like, doing their broadcast at an empty stadium, which, for some reason to me, I feel like baseball stadiums would be haunted when they're empty. I don't know why I get that vibe, but, like, it just seemed weird. Because then the Um, other thought is, like, you could have the same, like, you could just rotate crews through. Yeah, I know that it was the Stars local broadcast are doing, I think, three games. So, because here's normally how it works in the normal playoffs. Because normal playoffs, the first round, there's always more games than there are stations. And so they'll have some games, a few games on NBC, a lot of games on NBCSN. But then they'll also use, like, um, CNBC and stuff for games Mm -hmm. but then there are a few games that they can't find a home for and so it's the local broadcast that carries and so every team usually has a few games that are local coverage only but then a lot of them are NBC but then as soon as you get into the second round of the playoffs then it's all um, national broadcast I would imagine it's still going to be a second round national broadcast but then we have the playing games and the first round and so I would imagine there's going to be some local broadcast for both. Um, I'm not really sure how that's all working out because that adds people to your hotel, but that'll be interesting. And honestly, it's like, I don't need, the Penguins announcers aren't like the most amazing announcers ever. (laughs) I mean, the stars have really good announcers and it'd be great to have them, but it's like, as long as I have someone who like has watched a hockey game before, I don't even really need an announcer. Just like yeah. if there's a few things that need explained from what they heard from the rest. But beyond that, it's like, as long as I got video, I'm good. So the interesting thing is that like, it was only a couple days ago when they announced the broadcast schedule for the stars. I'm looking at the Rangers, um, like schedule. And usually if you go to MLB and then you click on a game, it'll tell you where you can listen to and where you can watch. None of them have the Rangers side of the broadcast listed yet. We're literally days away from this. And I don't want to watch the Rockies broadcast. I don't mind listening to the Rangers radio broadcast, but that's not even listed. So MLB really is just like did not think about anything. There are a lot of things that need to be. Sure. So that's, I, that's our, 
I, I think we have our title now. right there. <laughs> MLB just really did not think of anything. <laughs> truly. Like, I have way more questions now than I did before we started recording because now I'm, like, thinking about everything. Like, we're thinking aloud and we're asking each other questions. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. So that that was kind of a little bit of, like, a, I think a good State of the Union episode of, like, where we are. <laughs> right. Honestly, the only thing I want to bring up about the NBA is I don't know how they didn't figure out that food was going to be an issue. Because, like, I listen, what's his name? Rajan Rondo tweeted about Motel 6 for something that was very yes. not a Motel 6. Yeah, yeah. That was obnoxious and a little pretentious. But they're tweeting some of their food. And you got to realize they're in this place for months. And they're getting, like, glorified Lunchables. I'm like, listen, that's fine with me on like a one-time, one-off scenario. But if I was living in a place for months and they weren't giving me like hot food, like, come right. on. And so like, that was another, listen to the Steve Dangle podcast, Patricia Johnson explained all the things. And it's like, they have all of the food planned out so that there's a lot of options and you can get a lot of different things and it's going to be good and healthy and whatever you want it to be. And it's like, so I'm like, NBA, come on, like food, you didn't think of that? And then the MLS and they're like $45 meals and that are just, again, <laughs> glorified Lunchables. <laughs> oh, how do people not think of these things? But anyways, I think, do you have anything else you want to cover or do we want to tease and then we can do, get out of here with Rant and Ray? Yeah, let's tease because I'm just trying to find like Ranger's broadcast schedule and the more I look, the more <laughs> irritated I am. <laughs> So um, Morgan came up with the idea this week, and we kind of like it. So every once in a while when we have something, maybe like uh, something we want to rant or rave about in the middle of the week, but we both have some stuff we want to say, some like mini episodes, some like quick hitters, maybe that's, I don't know, we're coming up with a name for it. Ooh, that's actually a fun hitter. I like that. <laughs> uh, we just some some fun stuff so if you have anything you want us to cover or something comes up during the week make sure to tag us on twitter we have a twitter or instagram if you see something that you'd be interested to talk about um yeah and i i think it would be fun yeah i mean, like specifically it popped up in my mind when i realized like oh mlb starting this week and then nhl is going to be starting so then i was like okay well maybe something like happens like in those games and like maybe it's not a full episode's worth of stuff mm -hmm. to talk about, but, like, and even if, like, I'm not available, but you want to talk about something, you have, like, a mini episode to just, like, go off or, like, yeah. vice versa. Yeah, and that's the thing. It could be solos. It could be just, like, quick chat kind of yeah. thing. So, so that's, look for more diverse content, we will say. Um, and then with, yeah, do you want to do rant and rave? <laughs> um, you go first, because I'm still trying to remember what my rant was. <laughs> So I'm going to pull this up because I, I was at my parents' house the other day and I was looking at the TV and it's like, oh, there's baseball and I bet that's actually live. And it, it was, it was obviously didn't count for anything, but I just, anymore, I'm really into sports that I don't know the outcome of. So I watched a Mets-Yankees game and I, I know a little bit about the Mets because they're kind of hilariously tragic at times, but from the for the most part I don't really know a ton but it was just interesting to watch and I have some rants about things that I saw um okay summer camp they need a better name <laughs> I I know it can't be spring training I get that but can we call it exhibition literally anything besides summer camp 
And I, I think originally they were just going to call it spring training and someone was like, why not call it summer camp? And I was like, that's kind of cute, but also kind of dumb. So I just, I, I camp. It's, it's, it's not what like What did camp. you expect from them, Laura? They don't even have <laughs> anything else to come up with. I, I, I will give a little positive of Rave in the middle of the rent. The cardboard cutouts are cute. I like that idea. Um, but you do have to pay for those. Yeah. And Whatever. And I think some are based on, like, where you want your cutout to be. I, uh, another thing. I get the idea of piped in uh, crowd noise. Like, I get that maybe we don't want to hear everything players are saying all the time. However, it's way late. You sit there, and a guy gets a hit, and they're cheering when the outfielder is, like, throwing it back in. Mm-hmm. And you're like – and, and it's, it's always the same track. They have one clap track. I'm like, could you not just have a button that randomly picks a clap track or like a really excited versus, oh, you got a hit. The one advantage that I learned later on after I texted you, most annoying thing about MLB broadcasts usually is, and it's not even their fault, but when a guy hits like a routine pop fly and the crowd is like, <gasps> and like, so it's, and <laughs> yeah. you're like, wait, what? Cause you can't see it. So you're like, oh, did he hit it over? And then you're like, yeah. no. And, and you, now you just know every time they go, it's like, well, it's probably not. And, and so it is nice now because they don't do that. <laughs> do you think maybe them being late on like the applause and stuff was like specifically a Mets problem? Because they are the Mets. So it could just be like <laughs> their okay. issue. I did see on Twitter that they're like some Mets fans are, are like, we need to have a betting pool on the first thing they do to mess up the clap track. Like, Yoannis gets hurt and like, they have the applause going or right. something but it is it, it I think some of it is I can see where it would be late because yeah. you have to be like oh good thing button and then the button has to make sound where it's yeah. like it's more instantaneous when the crowd is there I just think there's some kinks to work out with that mm-hmm. um I will say it's not when the clap track trap isn't clap track isn't going as much as at like during bats and at bats right. and stuff, it's not as jarring as you might think because there are a bunch like the team in the stands, and they do so you do hear some like murmuring and like little cl- crowd noise, but honestly, like I think that's I I I, I don't know I think it would be interesting just to see what it's like without it like kind of yeah. as a comparison point. I think even like the little like murmuring crowd noise. I think that's even from. That's also a you can kind you can kind of tell though that it's not because okay. all of the other tracks sound very the same. Yeah, like it's just like the same noise. Because that's first... what, that's what's drawing about the clap track tra- track too is it's just very like it's the same exact noise. Yeah, over and over and over <laughs> again, and it's like this is not anything of what a crowd sounds like. Yeah, and I think it's like at first when they announced like earlier this week that they were just going to use crowd noise from MLB the show video game I was like that's the best idea MLB has had in years because I was like okay it won't be like dead silence while they're playing the game but then like I heard some of it yesterday of what little of the Mets and Yankees game I saw and I was like "Eh, that's not as thrilling as I thought it was going to be well and also you got to think about the video game it is correlated to what's going on in the video right. game so the home run track is different than like the garden variety single track yeah and um, and the video game knows what's going to happen i do just have to this is has nothing to do with my rant but i do just want to oh one more thing that i had <laughs> one more rant they had replay 
in spring training and we sat there for two minutes and part of the rant was because Yoannis Cespedes in his like comeback he had a a really dinky hit that was pretty easily a like infield single because he was like jogging and he's not fast and it was he should have been safe he like stopped up like three (laughs) steps before the base and then just like walked in and that's what they had to they called him safe but then they replayed it and it's like no he's out but okay First of all, why do we need replay? Who the heck cares that he's on first base in a spring training game? Does that really matter? But then also, can you not jog out? I'm not even asking you to run it out, but can you jog through the play instead of just stopping? He would have been safe. Actually, he probably got in trouble with his coach for not fully running out that play. Yeah, I was sitting there, I'm like, but I've seen players not fully run out of play, but usually that just means they're kind of haphazardly jogging. He did that, and then he stopped. <laughs> what are you even doing? So, anyways, that was that was a, a side rant, but also, please don't do replay. It, it just, for, for a league that cares about place, pace of play in summer camp or spring training games, kind of kills the pace of play. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, do you have a rant? I don't know if I have a rant because I thought I had one yesterday. Our whole episode was a rant. is a shit show. That's, that's, that's what I feel like my rant is. Like, every time I try to think of something, I was like, well, technically, I already ranted about that. Like, the only thing I could think of was, like, and they fixed it. But, like, earlier this week when the Rangers were playing an intra-squad game, um, which is just they split their team into two teams – they wore the same uniform. I was like, that's stupid, first of all. And it's their spring training uniform. So it wasn't even like their legit uniforms. And I was like, good thing I wasn't a baseball player because I wouldn't remember which team I was on. <laughs> I was like, how does anyone tell? Yeah. The next game, they fixed it and had two different uniforms. So I feel like I can't even really rant about that. But like, really, this whole episode was my rant. Um, I do have to bring up that tweet I sent you from Jeopardy James. Uh, Rob tw- Rob Manfred is the 2020 of sports commissioners. Yes. That that's also, and then I also came up with because we were talking about stuff, and I I have our video game for this year's MLB The Shit Show is the video game for this year. <laughs> Perfect. That's that's our, our our. That's so good. So, anyways, now it's rave time, and I think we have the same rave, so maybe we can like go yes. together and gush together. Because if you know, we are royal fans, also not Kansas City Royals, <laughs> but like royal families. And there was a royal wedding, and it was glorious. I did not expect for my favorite British royal wedding to be the one we didn't actually see. True. Because I, the more I learn about, like, the little details, by the way, we're talking about Princess Beatrice of York. Well, now she's just Princess Beatrice, but um, every detail I see, I just love it even more. So, just to to give you some, so first of all, important, did I go on mute? No, I didn't. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. I thought I had did too. I thought I did earlier too. Um, but so anyways, um, she is the oldest daughter 
of Andrew and Sarah. And Andrew, yes, is Jeffrey Epstein. And that does play a role in this a little bit because he was not in any of the photos. And it kind of, the Thank theme God. of the wedding seemed a little deliberate, but I also loved it. But so obviously most royal women on their wedding day wear tiaras and we were like is she gonna wear sarah's tiara like what tiara is she gonna wear and i don't think any of us accepted no she wore queen mary's fringe tiara which means probably not a lot to most of you <laughs> but to put it in context is the tiara that the queen wore on her wedding day yes. and it is so pretty and such a great symbolism and on top of that she wore uh beatrice wore a Norman Hartnell vintage dress that was altered but was originally worn by the queen in like the 60s and also Norman Hartnell designed the queen's wedding dress so it's just like so many great tributes to the queen in this and that did seem a little deliberate from a PR standpoint mm -hmm. but it was so cute and so amazing and she looked so glamorous because I've been telling people about this royal weddings if you like put all of the brides next to each other they all look very similar yeah like, different versions of the same kind of wedding dress this was such a different dress it was so mm -hmm. fun and so beautiful and just like the whole setting with the flowers and everything it was glorious and the other thing about the dress is the first time the queen wore it was in Italy and Beatrice's husband is Italian so I thought that little detail was also just so perfect and I think we also, we expected her to have more of a quirky dress just because of how she dresses in general. She's the one who wore like the toilet bowl cover for William and Kate's <laughs> wedding. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like her outfits have gotten better, but like they're still kind of like a whimsical, quirky aspect to them. So I was kind of expecting that. And while I would kind of say this dress still had a little bit of like whimsical, but in like the fairy tale aspect like every time I look at her photos I'm like oh, this just feels like exactly what you expect like a British royal wedding fairy tale it's Be kind of weird I was telling I was telling a friend about this that like there's so many it was a beaded dress and like the big sparkly tear and stuff it still had a bit of like a Grecian vibe to it yes and I really enjoyed that because it's like very like you said whimsical and romantic and it's not just the dress and the tiara it's all of the flowers and the photos yes, and the setting of everything. Beautiful. It did have this very whimsical and it felt very her, but just, yeah. just a different setting. And I, you, you shared this post too with me about how in the setting that we're in with coronavirus and not just coronavirus, but then everything that's going on with her father, which is not her fault at all, but everything that's going on with everything to do a wedding that was like, Hey, I'm it's a private wedding, but we'll release some photos and, and going to reuse a bunch of stuff and, but still make it fun and whimsical and happy. It was just, it struck such a great tone. And mm -hmm. it, I, I don't it, like, obviously it's a personal thing and what she wanted to, but I don't know how it could have been any more perfect. And I and was it you or someone else was like, I don't know what she would have done if she, if it wasn't coronavirus and she maybe had a small televised wedding or something, but I don't know how it could have been better than this. Yeah, I have, I, like, I cannot imagine now seeing this, I'm like, I can't imagine, like, what the original plan for her wedding was, and I can't imagine it being better. And so that, so yeah, so we both were just, we've been screaming at it because the photos Guys, came out yesterday I even like even from like just being like a royal fan aspect 
I love the pictures, but then like from a photography aspect, I'm like, I love the edits. Like everything about it just feels like, like there was an aesthetic about it and it was perfect and I love it. The only thing, the only thing I wish from per- personally is like being able to see like guest outfits and like, that's one of my favorite parts of Royal Weddings is just to see who shows up and what they're wearing. But like the pictures that we have gotten so far, which I suspect we have to get one of Beatrice and Eugenie. Like you just, they're so close that you have, I'm sure they took a picture together. Yeah, there has to be something. And I I love that the photo that the first photo they released was like bride and groom, grandparents. Like that just, it felt so cute. And I, for some reason, I feel like Beatrice is very close. Like even before this, I felt like she was close with the queen. Like I remember watching a documentary that she like, her and her sister played a lot in, like, um, not a dollhouse, but, like, a playhouse that, like, um, the queen and her sister played in or something along those lines. I don't know if it's at, at like, Windsor or Buckingham, but, um, and then to see her wear the same tiara and then a gown that was the queen's, like, just all those touches. I'm like, oh, she's so close. Not that, like, the rest of them aren't close with their their grandma, but it was just, just something about it just felt so like special and cute and even if it was something that was like put together rushed because they wanted it still even though with corona like scaling it down and part of me kind of suspects that they decided to do this because like if they waited a year maybe Andrew wouldn't be able to be a part of it but like even if it was rushed it it, it still looked very special and fun and I just want more pictures because they're all so pretty <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's just, the, I have this, like, I, I created this thing in the royal sphere, and I, I'm going to employ it now, a harmless royal conspiracy yes. theory. So my harmless royal conspiracy is that they had this whole big wedding planned, and it was going to be perfect, and all of that, and then coronavirus happened, and it was like, oh, crap. And obviously, this is, it kind of goes with the coronavirus, like, there are bigger things to be concerned about, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it doesn't suck that your wedding right plans went completely out the window and so Beatrice was like disappointed and sad or whatever and the queen's like what's the grandma for but to spoil (laughs) and make things better so you're gonna have a wedding here and you're gonna wear this best tiara ever and you're gonna do this this and this and it will be glorious and then so it went from being this like a sad thing to a happy thing and it was like grandma saves the day so that I love that that's my my head cannon. <laughs> one thing I would also love to know is like what was her original wedding gown gonna be was this always it because I could I could kind of see it always being the idea yeah maybe with like a longer veil or maybe even like a longer train too mm-hmm. but like was this always the idea and I would love to know what her reception gown would have been because the thing I'm also wondering, though, is cause, because there's such productions for a wedding gown mm-hmm. and because so many fashion studios either closed or switched to producing masks or things like that, um, because it was altered by the Queen's personal dressmakers, mm-hmm. Stuart Parvin and Angela Kelly. And so it kind of seems like it would have taken less time Mm -hmm. and that they already had those people available. So it kind of seems like it could not have been, but we will never really know. I was was telling Jessica and Dina, our friends, this, that like 
the reality show of everything that went into this wedding, both from like Andrew and how to manage all of that and this coronavirus and all that, there is like an Emmy award winning reality show in there. I would watch it. <laughs> I would so watch it. I would pay for it. It would be so perfect. So, because I'm also, because her wedding originally was supposed to be May, mm-hmm, I think, I right? Think so. And so everything shut down late March. So I'm thinking like, if this wasn't the dress she was going to wear, like the dress she was going to wear would have been mostly, if not done, just for like slight alterations. Yeah, and it so it's been like, I just want to know. It could have been like if it was if they were going to have a wedding at like Windsor or something that was bigger. Mm-hmm. Did they want a different kind of gown? I, it's hard to know, but it's just like. I, yeah, I want to know, is this the plan all along, this wedding gown? What about yeah. the tiara? Was it this tiara? Does Sarah right? even have her tiara anymore? None of us know. Like, right. And so there's all these different questions. But it was so exciting. <laughs> it's it made for such a great day to, like, go through all of that stuff. So with that, um, random ro- That's why we said <laughs> sports and life. You never yeah. say. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, we will go ahead and let you guys go and we will talk to you either when we want to do a mini episode or next week for a full episode. So have a good week, everyone. Bye guys.